You're listening to Once, episode 296, The Black Fairy, Initial Reactions. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Aaron, And we are happy to have you with us. We've got only two weeks left before the finale, so we hope you'll join us for our finale party. That's over at oncepodcast.com slash party. It's in the greater Cincinnati area, and we'd love to have you with us. Still no word yet on whether Once Upon a Time has been renewed or if this will be the series finale, but when we find out, Believe me, we'll tell you in the podcast and on Twitter, Facebook, all over the place like that. So the Black Fairy. Oh, good episode. Really good episode. So much going on in this episode. And we'll definitely get into it in a lot more detail in our upcoming full discussion. So please send us your theories and feedback for that upcoming episode. But the the big thing that stood out to me is during this episode, I felt it going in the direction of... Yet again, oh man, come on, the Black Fairy's asking for forgiveness? Bummer. You know, like no final battle. She's just a misunderstood villain. All she wants is love. That kind of thing. But that's not quite the direction they're taking it. So I like, this episode had many twists. Like twisted at one direction, then back the other direction, then back the other direction. It's like an Indian handshake. Is that what they call it, where you twist the skin, burn it? Kind of anyway, it's like yeah. that for this episode. <laughs> it was like that. And I I found myself writing theories in the notes and then realizing that actually might be like we might hear that this episode that this theory is true. And I had literally wrote, I bet the black fairy has the scar and destined to kill Rumple and and that she wasn't born, but she was, you know, born into a fairy. And I had had written that like Right when she found out about that prophecy, because we know this show likes to play with prophecies a little bit. And um, I like that they've kind of stayed true to that, that if you know the prophecy, it doesn't come to pass in the way that you think it's going to. Yeah, that prophecy was really weird, too, because it's a self, truly a self-fulfilling prophecy that the prophecy was given is what causes the prophecy to eventually take place and and fulfilled. It's creating the situation it's prophesying. Yes. And it's the same as in Manhattan when the seer told Rumpel the prophecy and that made him take the action to carry out the prophecy. Yeah. So the prophecy is what was that Rumpel would be the savior and would then destroy Fiona, or who became the Black Fairy, but he was cut off from his destiny. So that prophecy's completely, that's the way that you can stop a prophecy, basically, is you use the shears of destiny, right? So we're, we're going with that uh, Rumpel is not the savior, and he cannot, and is not going to be the one to defeat the Black Fairy. Is that what you got from it? Well, the prophecy was that he was going to be killed, Right, and that—that's why she was fighting so hard to find the right. baby. Yeah, yeah, I got that mixed up. Yeah, she or the person with the crescent moon scar 
would be the one to kill Rumpel. Yeah, so that's the, the correct way that the prophecy went. And because she spent all of her energy trying to stop the prophecy, taking whatever action would be necessary, that's what actually created the situation in the first place for her to even have enough power for it to come to pass. And it was cool to see this is why she created the Dark Curse, which makes sense. Some of our listeners had theorized this already, that maybe she created it in order to protect Rumpel or to take her and Rumpel away from everyone else. And so it makes sense now, kind of. I, I wish that the origin of the Dark Curse was more menacing than this. It's kind of disappointing <laughs> to discover that the reason why this horrible, terrible, no good, bad curse was created was because a mother loved her son. She was going to use the fairy godmother's heart in order to cast this curse, or that's what the way it seemed. And I guess if you take the heart of a fairy godmother and start to crush it, it turns you into a black fairy, apparently. Well, she was a fairy at that point, so maybe a fairy that is going to do something that dark. That's right. Then becomes the dark fairy. Speaking of which, Tiger Lily, being Rumpelstiltskin's fairy godmother, that was not what I was expecting when I saw those opening titles. I was expecting Sleeping Beauty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, with the multicolored fairies flying in. Yeah, it was yellow and not green, though, so I didn't think of that in the moment. And I like how they brought it back to the thing we've known since season one. Evil isn't born, it's made. I like that theme and I agree. However, in this, sometimes in Once Upon a Time, I find that they're trying to make to imply that evil is made by other people. Hmm. Other people uh, having an impact on an individual is what makes that individual evil. But in this circumstance, evil was made of its own accord she made those choices for herself she made herself evil yes she had a different motivation in mind other than pure evil she did have the intention of saving her son but it wasn't as if she was you know neglected and abused and had these horrific circumstances happen to her she made her choices for herself which i like that they're kind of showing us all of the gray area of that statement of evil not being born, it being made. Because it's always kind of a discourse, even in our society. What makes somebody take, air quote, evil action? And I don't like it when they undermine the villain in a way. And I do feel like they did that. Now, this was a fantastic episode, so don't get me wrong there. But now we discover that, yet again, she's simply misunderstood, misguided, that all this time she's been doing all of this horrible stuff out of love, which it sounds like is something that Rumpel is going to carry on now, that uh, he's going to help her defeat Emma, the new savior. I hope he's joking. (laughs) I hope he's tricking her because, oh, he needs to make up his mind. Yeah. This is, what, six seasons of this back and forth? No, I'm lying to Belle. No, I'm not lying to Belle. Now I'm lying to Belle and my son. Oh, I was lying to Bay. He just, he does not have, I don't know. He doesn't have that enough is enough. Yeah, and in season five, that's when we heard about someone someday would be able to wield all the power of light and dark magic. 
And we theorized back then that maybe that was supposed to be Rumple or would be Rumple in some way. And now it really feels like, yes, that was originally supposed to be him, but because of the Shears of Destiny being used, it cut him from being the savior. So you could, in a way, say that it cut his potential for light magic out and left him with only the potential to wield dark magic and thus kind of destined him to become the dark one. But the thing is, he chose to become the dark one. And, and you can say destiny works through things like that. And certainly, yeah, you can you can spin yourself around philosophy and spin philosophy around yourself into a big web. But is that still something we're going to see happen? I, I don't know. Perhaps all the back and forth with Rumpel is actually demonstrating that that could happen. Maybe he does still have that potential to hold the light because he was born with it. And just because the shears cut the magic from him or cut his destiny to be the savior, I would think that he still has the capacity to hold that magic if it was presented to him. Mm -hmm. And they said that he was destined to die basically for others. That's like true savior-like thinking there. Yeah, there were a lot of really good savior quotes in this episode. It reminded me of two things. It reminded me, one of Harry Potter, and I was wondering if we were going to see that kind of they were looking for the wrong baby because in the prophecy in Harry Potter, Neville and Harry, it could have been either one of them and they went for the one baby. But it also reminded me of... um Just something biblical, which I I know that generally Daniel is the one that brings up the biblical (laughs) stuff, but it reminded me of the massacre of the innocents um, when King Herod heard the prophecy that Jesus was born and sent his soldiers to kill all of the babies that were born that day so that he wouldn't have to uh, to fulfill, you know, that the prophecy or the whatever he had heard. And um, that's like basically what the Black Fairy was doing. She wasn't killing the babies, but she was going around just to make sure that she could find the one that was destined to kill her son. Although interestingly, it sounded like a side effect of the dark curse would be that all of the children would be taken away. Yeah. I wonder if that was kind of what was tweaked to make only the certain people end up in Storybrooke that did, that they would have tweaked the curse so that all of the children born at that time in that season would have been taken by the curse. So if he is no longer destined to be the savior, then that means he doesn't have to die, right? And he's not going to be the one to defeat the Black Fairy it will be Emma instead, and therefore Black Fairy also won't be the one to kill him. So does the prophecy transfer to the Savior in charge, air quote, if it's already been altered so much? I don't know, because again, if you go to that he was prophesied to be the Savior and that his death would bring life, basically, to others, then what is he the Savior of. This goes back to what is a savior. We've talked about this before with Emma, at least. She was made to be the savior because she was written into the curse. Since then, since season one, they've really stretched this meaning of savior to be that no people are basically born as saviors and there are multiple saviors. 
And like Aladdin was born as a savior, just didn't realize it at one point. And Emma apparently was born a savior too. So she wasn't made one for a specific curse, but she is an overall general savior. Uh, Was Rumpel supposed to be the one and only savior for the magical realm, which then starts to have all kinds of theological issues with it. Uh, But then what is he even saving them from if he was destined to be the savior? From Fiona? From something else bigger and darker and badder? <laughs> I think it makes sense that Emma is the savior separate from her being the one to break the curse because she wouldn't have needed to have magic to break the curse. Yeah. It was just true love's kiss. So her having magic, I think, is what makes her the savior. And I think you actually wrote this in your notes, but when Rumple was born in the scene, there was that light flicker. Yeah. It seems that anyone important, when they're born, light flickers. And when it's candles, (laughs) well, candles can't really dim, so they just go out and then come back. (laughs) And that happened when Emma was born. I'm assuming. I've never noticed Uh, that. No, it didn't didn't happen when Emma was born. It did happen when Henry was born. Well, then that just doesn't make sense. (laughs) They probably hadn't established that as a rule yet in the pilot. (laughs) Now, if we were to see Aladdin born, maybe all the lights would flicker as well. By the way, you know who makes the lights flicker when they enter the world because they are that powerful, they're that amazing, they're that wonderful? It's our heroes for this episode of the podcast. We could not do this podcast without you. So that's why we love to give the shout outs to our heroes for supporting the podcast episode after episode. For this episode, I'd like to thank Lisa Slack, Amy Cadillier, and our 28 heroes on Patreon. Really, we couldn't do this without you. It costs money to run the podcast and we do this for the fun of it. Believe me, we're, we're not making loads of money here, covering costs and paying for expenses and such. But we enjoy giving this value to you. We enjoy having these conversations uh, with each other and with you. So if you feel like we add some kind of value to your life through the podcast, then would you consider giving a little bit of value back? It's okay if it's only a dollar per month, or maybe it's more than that. What do you feel like we're worth to you? Or what if we just suddenly stopped podcasting and disappeared? What would you be thinking in your mind? Boy, I would give fill in the blank, for the podcast to come back. Well, maybe you should give that amount proactively to keep the podcast going. Especially if we get a seventh season, we're going to need to restructure some things a little bit. Uh, but we don't know yet if we're going to have a seventh season. So we'll, we'll find out soon. But you can be a hero today. You could be a hero for the next season. Check out your options over at oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support. Do you know who is one of my heroes in this episode? Who? Zelina, when she crashed that car right into the Black Fairy. I think I yelled out loud when that happened. <laughs> that was amazing. That, I think, in the entire Once Upon a Time universe, the two funniest scenes were, uh, one was in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland when there was a severed head in a box. It sounds gross, but it was hilarious. The other is this scene... Yes. <laughs> and I loved her little driving philosophy. You know, this whole driving thing is quite easy when you're actually trying to hit something. <laughs> yeah. And seeing Regina teach Zelina how to drive is a lot of fun, too. That was a really sweet moment between them. I think that Regina is crazy if she thinks that she's going to be able to get Henry out of Storybrooke. 
before this battle, but yeah. it was still a heartfelt moment. Really interesting there, which makes me wonder, leading into a possible season seven, it makes me wonder if the direction that they might go with the season finale, regardless of whether it's a series finale or only a season finale, is Henry is taken off to Forgotten Character Island, which is apparently Manhattan. <laughs> And Zelina takes him there. She becomes a mother to him. Regina either can't leave town or sacrifices herself or something like that happens to Regina. And Hook and Emma get married and live happily ever after, apparently, and have another kid. And so then, you know, no more Henry is necessary because, hey, we've got a new one. I don't know. Anything like that. (laughs) It would be weird if the series didn't end, but Henry was gone. Yeah. Yeah. And his little moment with Hook at the end, also really endearing. Like, this episode had it all. Oh, yeah, it did. All you need after this is a really good musical. (laughs) (laughs) Should I plug my ears? No, no, it's okay. (laughs) We've discussed it before, and I think everybody knows. I actually knew before people shared it in the chat room. I loved seeing Malcolm again. And it was neat to see Malcolm as a loving husband, not a loving father, but loving husband. And I mean, the the amount of love that he had for Fiona, he said none was more caring in all the realms. So she was the most caring mother in all the realms, apparently. But with her gone, Rumpel becomes simply a reminder and a cause for his losing his love, it kind of starts to make sense why he transformed to become bitter and selfish and want to push Rumpel away because then he probably started thinking, well, Rumpel, you've ruined my life. You have taken the thing I love most away from me. And now I, I just got this burden to carry around and, and I want to escape you. And that's what made him turn into uh, or want to turn into Peter Pan later on chronologically yeah you know parent of the year just you know blaming your newborn baby for his mom's bad choices uh peter van is still you know one of my favorite villains that was pretty much a true villain that didn't have any of this sympathy stuff going for him so it was great to see malcolm but i still don't have any sympathy for him well, maybe a little bit of sympathy that he lost his wife, but not anything justifiable for him to have treated his son the way he did. Yeah, and there were so many emotional strings pulled in this episode, too. From anger to love to forgiveness to sadness to all kinds of things. Hope, rejoicing, fear, and much more. I really loved how Emma and Rumpel bonded in Dreamworld over their abandonment and they're like Emma said to him I know what it's like you you know love them one minute and you hate them the next and she said no curse no monster is ever going to be as terrifying as finding out why you were abandoned mm-hmm. it's just it was it's very profound she's Emma's character has grown leaps and bounds since the kind of teenager-ish type 28 year old that rolled into Storybrooke in season one <laughs> yeah And we might see her still face the final battle and still be the one to have to defeat the Black Fairy because it really feels like it is now the the Rumpelstiltskin dark fairy and dark magic gain against Emma, Regina, 
Hook, the fairies, the light magic gang. So while this episode was going on, I was thinking, oh, no, there goes my final battle. And then by the end of the episode, I'm I'm cheering again, realizing, yes, we're still going to get a final battle. Yeah. After we have a wedding tomorrow, apparently with no rehearsal either. <laughs> oh, they don't. She's a princess. They don't need rehearsals. I'm I'm a little surprised that uh, Black Fairy didn't say something like, we're going to give her a gift. And her gift is going to be this happy, happy day. And then she will die. Harkening back to season one. Oh, that could happen, I guess. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it still will. Who do we think is officiating the wedding? Do we think Blue? Oh, that'd be interesting. It frustrates me that Blue was so helpless in this episode because we know that she's not helpless. But she certainly seems to play that role very well when the writers need her to just kind of be sitting there. Well, she doesn't have her magic back, right? Oh, right. She was only able to breathe and then wake up. But... Um, looking at this episode, trying to remember this episode, I don't remember her using any magic in present day. She really seemed quite helpless and, and like tortured even to some degree by the Black Fairy. Yeah, so I think I she's still that. magicless. Well, fine. <laughs> I'll give you that one. <laughs> So there's a lot more to dig into this episode. I'm really looking forward to doing the rewatch, a couple rewatches, and preparing for our upcoming full discussion. Unfortunately, Jeremy won't be able to join us, but we will have Heather and Jacqueline joining us for our upcoming full discussion. So we'll still bring that full discussion, dig into details, get sound clips, get screenshots. There are some (laughs) funny screenshots I want to share from this episode. And we'll discuss these things and your theories as well. So please send us your feedback. Email it to feedback at oncepodcast.com or call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221. Or you can send a voice message or send an email through the website at oncepodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please share it by going to oncepodcast.com slash 296. And that's really the best way you can support the podcast. It doesn't cost anything, only a few seconds for you to go share the episode, tell someone else about the podcast, share it in your favorite Once Upon a Time communities and groups and such. And especially if you can send in your feedback, then we hope you are out bragging to everyone. Hey, listen, that's that's my feedback on the podcast, or that's my podcast review, or that's my name as a hero, or anything like that. We'd love to include you in our podcast where we can. So all of that is available at oncepodcast.com slash 296. In the meantime, please connect with us on Twitter at OnesPodcast, and I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at the Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Erin on Twitter at Erin J. Cruz. Please join us for our upcoming full discussion live on Wednesday at 7 p.m. over at onespodcast.com slash live, as well as during the Eastern and Central Time airings on Sunday nights. And until next time, remember, break is on the left, gas is on the right. And thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.
Big thanks to our heroes for supporting this episode of the podcast. If you would like to be a hero too, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support.